If you needed help at 4am, who would you turn to? What are the health impacts of feeling isolated? And in a world where more of us are living longer or choosing to be on our own, how do we protect ourselves from one of the biggest problems facing both the older and younger generations? Loneliness. You see, the dictionary says being lonely is sadness without friends or company. But perhaps being alone isn't as simple as the meaning suggests. From the people who've worn the t-shirt and got the postcard of facing life alone, to those connecting them with a new lease of life, to the GPs and health experts seeing their patients transform firsthand. This is Discover Bright Life, a podcast series challenging the idea of what loneliness really is and what all of us can do to help to avoid it. For more information on this series, visit brightlifecheshire.org.uk. Discover Bright Life, because sometimes the best medicine is a good laugh in friendly company. Caring can come in so many different ways. From the love we express to our family, our close friends or even a neighbour. But according to the social prescribers, over half of the folk reaching out to Bright Life are a full-time carer in need of some TLC themselves. In this episode, we meet Jackie and Sue, both working for Bright Life Cheshire, just like Catherine and Chris in episode 3. As social prescribers, their task is to find ways of connecting and referring ordinary people to the local services they might need. When the project first began three years ago, the prescribers began with a blank canvas. They've spent the last three years networking, meeting, attending every service in their area so that when it comes to recommending the right solution, they can give first-hand knowledge of what to expect. It can mean that they even hold someone's hand when they first walk through the doors. Or sometimes it can mean spending weeks building trust and relationships to give people confidence to even let them through their own front door. On this episode, we hear of how the job has impacted Jackie and Sue personally, but also on the subject of carers, a subject which has touched their hearts. Some of the things that I've I've been shocked at, and um, you know, is is seeing clients living, you know, cl- clients that have actually fallen through the net, and you think, how on earth can they, you know, live like this? You know, there's some. I've, I had a gentleman that was living in really bad conditions, and and I thought, well, how how can that happen? How could he, you know? So, you know, I've I've got onto social services and. Um, you know, he's had things addressed, but those are yeah, the sort of that you just think, how can people actually, um, you know, live the way they do without any sort of help support. or intervention I think, or support? Yeah, and I think I think that's one of the things that's really um, kind of hit a nerve with me, really, that um, kind of shocked me a little bit, really, but how many um, unsung heroes there are out there. Um, I would say that... Over 50% of my clients are being supported by a full-time carer. In most cases, it's a partner, but in some cases, it's a member of a family, mm-hmm. uh, a son or daughter, or, or even a neighbour. And um, I know organisations like um, the Cheshire Carers do a fantastic job, um, but they're a third sector mm-hmm. organisation and their resources are very limited. But um, it's it shocked me actually how many people there are out there who are totally reliant, and I mean totally reliant, on a full time carer, and the carer is not getting mm. the support that that they need for for lots of different reasons. Yeah. And I find that we that that when you go into situations like that, and it's as I say, it seems to be very very common amongst my client group that not only obviously are you there to try and support the client who needs some support and needs some intervention, but it's also about um, what support we can give to that um, to that care as well because 
you know, I've been in that situation um, for personal reasons, supporting my dad and my mum as the carer. Um, and there, there isn't a lot of support out there. And of course, when something happens to the carer, then the situation becomes mm-hmm. very much becomes a crisis. There's definitely not enough services on there for there people with dementia. There isn't, and, and I find that quite sad. Yeah, it is um, very sad. And that, and that, and, mm. and that has been quite a shock for me really just how many people mm. like you say have slipped through the net um and the services the health professionals are not aware and 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 they're literally i would say some of them living day by day really um waiting and you know mm. that there is a going to be but I think a crisis waiting yeah a crisis i think social services are so overstretched so they're just happy well i say happy happy is probably not the word but they they just uh, they rely on the carer to you know to to care really so and mm. and you know if if they've got somebody with them then you know it's it's a win-win for them isn't it really because it's a very very hard situation mm. for the carer though isn't it I, th- I guess the things that have touched my heart really um are as i say some of these people that i've talked about some of the, some of these carers that um are totally um, committed to supporting their but they're isolated. They're isolated themselves, aren't they? Are, they are, but it, it really it really touches you sometimes when you um, when you leave people and see um, see how committed. Um, I mean, I've got one gentleman who um, was referred into my service probably about five or six months ago. And although we're not an emergency service, um, the community matrons asked me if I could treat this particular gentleman as priority. So I contacted him um, and went to visit him within a couple of days and really didn't know what situation I was going to be faced in. Um, he, He was caring for his wife 24 hours a day and his wife was terminally ill and she was in a bed in the in the lounge. And he'd had some experience of of his wife being in a care home, but the experience hadn't been a good one. So he'd made the decision to um, look after his wife um, throughout her illness for for the rest of her days at home. Um, But he'd got to breaking point um, and he just couldn't cope. So the emergency, the, the health professionals came in to try and see what support that they could offer. Um, but they also asked me to try and try and help to to support him and get the gentleman out um, for some periods of time because they felt that it it wasn't um, it wasn't healthy for him to be with his wife who was terminally ill, um, you know, or um, twenty four hours a day. So I did manage to get the gentleman, a lovely gentleman. Um, they managed to get somebody to sit with him uh, sit with his wife for a few hours um, twice a week so that I could kind of engage him with the community Mm. Um, I've been in touch with the gentleman a few times and I've talked to the health professionals his wife is you know very much she's only got a matter of weeks now um, but he won't leave the house he's got to the stage now where he wants to be with his wife Mm. for every single minute of the day and and it's just um obviously to see that that commitment and that dedication and that love between the two of them that um he um he wants to be there and with his wife um every moment really un- until the end um so, so many people touch you don't they you they know, do that... he's um just touched me with his uh, and it's such such a lovely obviously it's going to be very very hard for him when um when his wife does finally go but he wants to be literally sitting with her for every every last moment that she's got right until the end. So it's. Uh, yeah. I can honestly say I think that every day somebody touches me. Mm. Um, I think the people as well that I've, I find quite hard is the younger people um, that are really, really struggling with isolation. I have a gentleman who's in his 50s. He's had a couple of strokes. His daughter lives with him. Um, mm. We have to go in twos, in pairs, when we see him because of the threats around his daughter. Um, he's living basically in the lounge with a hosp- between a hospital bed and a, and a, and a chair. Mm. Um, and we've tried to get... We have got some outcomes, but it's been extremely mm. difficult. 
uh, and limit him because of his his strokes and it's very difficult I think when you're coming across people who are yeah. who were who were very young like that yeah. and I've um, got a, I've got a guy that's 53 and he was um he was a marine you know he fought in Afghanistan and then he he had a bleed on the you know he had a, a hemorrhage a brain mm. hemorrhage and mm. so his personality is completely changed now you know he's, he's yeah. a lovely man and he he's but he's finds life quite difficult now and and you just think you know he's fought for us he's fought yeah. for our country and yeah. and uh you know that's that's his his fate really I think it's important that you've got uh that you have empathy with older people um you have a lot of patience and you had really good listening skills um, because it's important particularly when you first meet a client to just sit there and just listen you know whether it for an hour whether it's two hours or even three hours because the more you listen and the more you empathize the more information you're going to get out of the client the more you understand them and their background um, and that, that just makes it so much easier to be able to get to know them be able to help them um, and I say it surprises me, but I guess it doesn't surprise me really that how honest people are and, and how much they're always very keen to tell their story. But it's just really important that when you first meet a client that you build up that trust and confidence with them um, and start building that relationship. Obviously, there is a fine line between professionalism and being their friend, but it's really important that you... Mm. Um, because you, you, you're going on a journey with people... Um, and they, you know, the more they kind of open up to you and tell you about their story and their situation, the much more able you are to help them and um, support them with, with reconnecting with the community. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you've said. And I think you really, really have to like people, don't you, to do this job. I think you, that's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my fav- one of my favourite parts of the role is, is actually when we ask when we do the assessment and we ask people you know tell us about yourself and the stories that they tell you and they're really um really like to to connect don't they and 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 tell you their stories i think people do like to talk and, they do and they do. especially if they've been very lonely um I, I find that people do like to offload as well it can get quite emotional um at times when they when they actually offload but but telling the telling their stories are amazing. Some of the things it that is. people have done, it, it and it actually sort of rekindles their, you know, when they start talking about their lives, it really kind of they remember things that they've forgotten about, which which I think is great. They do, and yeah. the skills and and the talent um, that that they, you know, it, it's so such amazing stories, but also the skills that they've had. Um, that we, you know, try and help them find again, yeah, um, and engage with, you know, those skills again, even if they haven't done something for such a long time. You, you can tell when you hit on a particular topic or something that's of interest to them. You suddenly see somebody who you perhaps met an hour ago. You suddenly see people come alive, and you see that spark in their eye, mm-hmm. um, and and it's lovely to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So often you know even if you might have had quite a difficult day once you've been to see someone I find that as that once I've left somebody you go home with such a sense of pride uh with 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 your work and 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 knowing Mm. that at least on that day you've made a bit of a difference to someone yeah and hopefully that's the start of the journey um it is such a lovely feeling I think at the end of the day because although we come across some quite emotional situations um, you do feel as if you've made a massive difference at the end mm. of the day to uh, to to people, and that that's that's what we're that's what we're here to do. So you think sometimes it takes a few visits though, because I've been to see people and they've said, oh, you know, I've I've never really done any, you know, I've, I've not had any hobbies, but after a few visits, things come out, don't they? And they said, oh, I used to do that, you know, I used to cut, make cards or. You know, I used to enjoy going dancing or and I used to do exercise, but yeah. they don't always tell you that on the first visit, do they? So it is about building up that trust and, and you know, and having, um, you know, giving people time. And, and I think sometimes they do forget because they've, they're just living in that moment. They forget some of the things that they've done in the past. Yeah, but, um, yeah. they do. And I think um, 
you know, with, with some of the clients, um, they engage fairly quickly, but then with other people, it takes um, many, many months to actually, you know, get those outcomes. I mean, mm. I, I've had a number of clients where we've tried lots of different things, um, lots of different activities and support groups, and it's been, you know, sometimes mm. up to six months before they've actually found something that they feel really comfortable mm. with. And, and you've th- started to see that real difference in them and a smile on the face. Don't you think that's a lack of lack of confidence and, and to begin with as well, and, and maybe lack of motivation as well? So it's it's really down to us to try and, and and help with that and you know try and install some confidence and and motivation um, yeah i so. think so and i think we we don't always realize and appreciate what a difference we're making but i went to see a client last week um a re- and as a review visit and it's someone that I've been on quite a journey with you know for six months yeah um and she wrote some lovely feedback actually on on the on the feedback form mm-hmm. and said that the the main thing that I'd done was actually giving her a um, motivation and a confidence back uh which mm-hmm. she'd lost because she'd been you know on her own for quite some time oh, that's lovely now that you were talking about you know it making your day and and you going home with a sense of pride and when people do actually come back to you and say well you know thank you for for what you've done and thank you for you know for helping me to to get from you know not doing anything to actually getting out in the community and and engaging with people and it's so lovely to see that isn't it so lovely to see people actually um when they when they're out actually speaking because to others and and having some interaction and and laughing really I've had a gentleman that he's um, oh he's amazing. He was an RAF pilot in the Second World War, uh, and he worked in the Liver Buildings. Um, and he's he's just he's 94, but he's he still drives. But he had a fall not long recently, so he's like he he doesn't want to go out now. He doesn't want yeah. to. Um, I took him to Chester FC because he's really into uh, sport, mm. um, and he was a he used to uh, support Chester FC. Um, and uh, his his hearing aid fell out, so he couldn't hear anything anyway. <laughs> but um, so it was it wasn't the best. But he, uh, he but because he's had this fall as well, he he doesn't want to. It's kind of set him back. He doesn't want to go out now. And so you know, go we go and see him on a monthly basis, and hopefully we will find him a, a buddy. Mm. Um, Everybody that you meet, I find, is so interesting. I can honestly say that. Every client that I've come across, every older person, whether it's formally through a referral or whether it's been more informally, I can honestly say that every client has been really interesting and I felt quite inspired by um, all the all the people that I've met, you know, by listening to their stories, mm. um, sitting there and listening and finding out about them and gaining their, you know, trust and their confidence. Mm. Um, and I guess you know we're dealing with people from I think my youngest client is 50 my oldest client I've got quite a number of clients now who are in the 90s and but everybody is so different so unique but so interesting and fascinating and got so many stories got so many skills and it's great to be able to try and help them bring out those skills again and reignite that kind of passion um, that they've had before and you know just get them uh, engaging with the community uh, and meeting people and seeing the difference that it makes a smile people seeing people laughing people just don't know people are just not aware of what's out there with our role as well is we don't just go in and um, leave a couple of leaflets with people mm-hmm. um, we are there to support people through that journey yeah. and I know that when we talk to people and we say look you know we can we can support you for a number of months if that's what it's going to take um Mm. that's that's a massive help um i think Mm. with and i'm sure you'll agree sue that if we were just just go in spend an hour and just leave a couple of leaflets Mm. we know that those people wouldn't engage because by the nature of people Mm. who are isolated um there are people that with lots of complex health health needs Mm. and health situations um there's, there's usually a lot going on there 
Um, mm. And it takes much more than just going in and sitting with someone and leaving them a leaflet. Yeah. So and we I, will revisit them on a regular yeah. basis. We will connect them with the right organisations, whether mm. it is the Alzheimer's or the Parkinson's, find out what's going on there. And and it, 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 is, it is very much um, seeing persons, taking that person-centred approach mm. it is absolutely well, crucial hope, in our role yeah, to take hope, that approach I hope people and to listen to those clients yeah. about what they want to do I hope they see that in us I hope they see that it is about them as, mm. as an individual as a person rather than you know just going through a process because I would hate to think that mm. and you know hopefully that's what that's what they see because we do you know, we, we've had quite a lot of success, haven't we, with, with people actually opening up to us, telling yeah. us about their, you know, their past lives. And it can be quite emotional for them. It's come quite emotive. Mm. Um, but, you know, if they're happy to do that, I think that means that we have connected with them. Um, and then, you know, going forward, it's about being more confident. So we, we've, you know, so what, tell me about some of your clients, because I've got some fantastic stories. Um, yeah, well, I've come across a um, a couple fairly recently before Christmas, and uh, who had to move up this this area to uh, move up to Winsford to be nearer to family, um, mm-hmm. and you know, it was quite a difficult initial meeting because one of the clients had dementia and she was nearly ninety, mm-hmm. her husband was ninety four, um, and has got a lot of health problems. Had, wasn't able to see properly, um, very, very poor hearing. But he specifically wanted to join a probus group um, and his wife specifically wanted to join the Methodists. Um, mm. And the son was involved in the visit. And, um, you know, I thought it might be quite difficult to actually get some, some outcomes. And I think they were yeah. kind of a little bit wary of me initially, thinking, well, who is this person? You know, is she going to be able to help us? But actually, through my connections, I found that there was a probus club locally. And not only was there a probus club, but um, they were able to come and pick up the clients and take them there, which was obviously Mm. one of the biggest obstacles. Um, Mm. And I was also able, through my connections with all the churches in Winsford, able to get Mm. the lady connected with the Methodist Church. And I think they were quite surprised, really, by... um, um, by the knowledge um, that I've actually gained and the connections mm. connections in Winsford. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the social worker that referred me, referred them in to me, said she had no problems because she knew from uh, my experience and from working with closely with the social work team that I would be able, I was the right person to try and mm. build the relationship and find some outcomes. And we've been back and, you know, I've seen them on a regular basis mm. and, um you know, although the lady has dementia, she is beginning to um, enjoy life again, and and her husband as well. And I think because they both needed separate interests as well, that was the other thing that was was kind of really important for them both. Mm. Um, that obviously they lived together, yeah, and they wanted uh, and needed separate interests. Mm. And now, the like the son said, it's given them something to talk about, and it's mm. given them a purpose. Um, once or twice a week to get up and 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 that motivation to go out and and find new interest and, and make new friends. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, so you, that must make you feel good as well. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does, yeah. particularly when you go into a situation where you know it's going to be quite difficult. You know, mm. one of the both moved to the area. Um, you know, particularly the husband was very specific about what what he wanted. I knew that transport was going to be an issue. Um, and as you know, Sue, that is that hmm. is one of the yes. um, challenge, big challenges big challenge. for us. Yeah. Um, because again, if you think about the nature of people who are socially isolated, very, very few of them have either got transport or are able to access transport. Mm. So, you know, that's a big part of when we do our kind of networking with, with mm. organisations to try and find out how are we going to Excuse actually me. get our clients mm. To, to the group so mm. you know working I work very very closely with the community transport in the Winsford area mm. um, and are often down at their offices and chatting and building that relationship which for me is key and working with churches and other organisations mm. that I know that are going to be able to to help people overcome those mm. um, obstacles because that you know again that's such a key part of our role really because 
again, by the nature of the people we deal with, there are lots of obstacles. And I see our role as trying to remove those obstacles to, to enable people to um, to enjoy those activities yeah. and and, um, and help them to reconnect mm. with the community. Well, my, um, you know, my, I'd like to talk about mental health because a lot of my clients have come through the mental health team mm. at Upton Dean in Chester because I, I went and did a, a, a talk there. One of the, the social work team asked me along to do a talk, um, which is quite daunting, but <laughs> lots of psychiatrists in the room. Sounds like it paid yeah, off. Yeah, and we've had quite a lot of, of referrals mm. from them, but um, you know, I've seen people, I've been out to see people in their homes, um, and I've also had some, they've been referred through from the mental health team, but also self-referrals. And the thing that I've found is a lot of the, the people that I've seen are, you know, they've accessed mental health services, you know, like the social groups, mm. but they don't want to do that. They want to, um, one of the, one of my ladies, one of my clients, she said, you know, so I just want to have, go to a normal, yeah. <laughs> she, that's yeah, what yeah. she was quoting, yeah. a normal yeah. social group. So she's, she's come along to, to my drop-in, which is great. But, you know, I think there's a, mental health in older age is, you know, is rife. Um, mm. A lot of people that, you know, if, you know, if you've lost your partner or if you've, you know, you've you've become unwell, then mm. it, it goes hand in hand with the physical um, and emotional side of, of of your life, doesn't it? Really. So um, to see people, I've seen people that have come along that I know have got enduring mental health issues, and they're interacting with other people, and and you know, nobody knows that they have a mental health issue. Um, and it's lovely to see them interact with others. And I know that there's, you know, one gentleman in particular who lives alone. He was a carer for his parents, and he, he's actually, you know, his his house is is he hoards a bit. And and mm. I'd never thought he would actually come along to to a drop in. Um, very intelligent yeah, man, and he's just amazing. He just he's, he's come along, and he's he's actually he's come along to both of my drop ins actually, and he's he's enjoyed interacting with others and I just sat back the other day and watched him you know laughing with somebody and it's just amazing it's a lovely feeling yeah you know that makes that makes my job that actually makes my job yeah Um, we've got a client um, a couple and and she's got dementia and and a lot of people I find that I come across with dementia don't always want that formal support like you say they want to access more informal groups yes and I've worked with this particular client, Andrew, and he, and, he, and his wife, who's, who's got quite advanced dementia, and um, we've managed to connect them with a lot of a lot of groups. And you know, every time I see, particularly Andrew now, mm-hmm. he said, you know, for the first time in many many years, we're both enjoying life. That's Margaret great. settled into quite a few groups. Mm-hmm. Um, people know her. Um, give her the appropriate support mm. um, and he said I never thought we would be able to enjoy mm. life again and that's that's made such a difference yeah. one of the things that I found is that um, when social workers and I'm getting a lot more referrals from social workers and, and um, GPs and health professionals when they're visiting people sometimes who um, don't always are not quite ready for the formal support. They will quite often refer into me because they know that I will um, support people in an informal way and introduce them to you know informal networks and and support groups. And by building their confidence and the relationship with me, mm-hmm. I can quite often then um, kind of persuade people after a period of time um, to and, and introduce social services and, and more formal support to people. And uh, that seems to be working, mm. working quite well. Because it's 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 evolved so so much. You know, we were in you were you started before me, didn't you? You mm. started six months before me. Yeah. Um, and Winsford was, was um, you rolled out win- the Winsford area of six months before me, and then then Chester. So we we both started with with no referrals, didn't we? We started we from a blank canvas, we did. and yeah. you know, it's amazing how it's how it's grown it's and taken off. And we've got we've got you know. Dare I say a good reputation now, Jackie? Although I think some people still call us Bright House. <laughs> yes, they still yeah. phone up and, yeah. and ask us if <laughs> I think they phoned Jane in the office and said, um, "Can I buy a fridge?" Because <laughs> I think they get us slightly mixed up with, uh, with Bright, with Bright House. House. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. But it's lovely because I walk around Winsford now um, because, you know, mainly based at Wyvern House, Cheshire West building. And I walk through the town centre to the library or the Dingle Centre, which mm. is the resource centre, as you know, for older people. Yeah. And I bump into so many people now, um, you know, who recognise me, whether it's colleagues that I work with, whether it's um, clients or family members, mm. uh, people that I know from the library, and and, and everybody knows me mm. and... Um, Everybody knows about bright, bright life now, and and like you say, it's it's getting, it's it, you know we've we've worked tremendously hard to build our reputation in those areas that we work with, and it's really really paying off mm. now, um, and people trust us. We you know we're we're, we're a trusted mm. um, organisation and individual now, and uh, people don't hesitate. I find now that people don't hesitate to refer in, into our service because they can see the difference. The health professionals are saying, you know, this particular individual, Jackie, since I've referred them into you, you've mm. got them involved in men and sheds. They don't come back into the surgery anymore. They're off their antidepressants, those kind of things. So it's it, the, the, the health professionals are seeing the evidence, seeing the difference mm. to their patients. What, um, what what's hard for you though you know when you've had a bad day what do you what do you you know I know that we talk don't we sometimes and and if we've both had a, a bad day or we've had a very sad situation do you do you find it you know hard do you find it easy to to offload um yeah I, it's I it is I do I do find it quite hard sometimes in the sense that you know you, you we do come across people with some very very sad situations and when we lose a client as well I yeah mean, you know when we've we've built up a relationship it, it's you you can't help but mm. but feel sad can you yeah and, it is yeah. hard but um you have to try and keep just have to remember the, all the positives and all the good th- things that you're doing and and i do find that working with my clients at the Citizens Advice Bureau, spending a lot of time with them, and equally they deal with a lot of vulnerable mm. clients. We're able to share, mm. um, you know, an offload, and the same with the social workers, and of course, you know, yourselves as well. Yeah. And um, sometimes I think you just need to offload a little bit to someone, and once you've offloaded and you've been able to share share something with 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 one of your colleagues, um, it, it's it's fine then. Um, but you do have to. I do find that the the job very much keeps your feet firmly on the ground, though. It makes you appreciate your own health and your, and the health of your family and and, and everybody. Um, you know, it certainly, mm. as I say, makes you appreciate what what you have got and and the things your values and the mm. things that are really important in life. Because without your health, you know, it's very very difficult. And of course, we can't we can't really offload to to people outside you know our team can yeah, be because of, of, of confidentiality yeah, of issues yeah. really so um you know and that makes it hard for us sometimes don't you think because you know sometimes you'd like to go home and, and discuss mm. cases but mm. but you can't and um you know and uh, although we can you know we mm. we don't mention names or you know we we just but but it, we you know it's it's a way of of us also sharing good practice isn't it and 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 you know yeah. asking how how you would you know cope in that situation or how you would have you know um yeah worked a problem I mean, out it's it helps doesn't it to you know to yeah to, to I mean, we're human really. we're human we're all human at mm. the end of the day and we all need to offload sometimes but just trying to think of the positive things that the, the positive work that we're doing yeah. um and um you know does does make a difference Next time, Community Compass directors Simone Cobbold and Yvonne Boyle talk about their new food share club in Winsford and Malpass and how they go about finding the lonely people who need help in the first place. I'm thinking of one couple who we went to see not so long ago who had a very, very, very active lifestyle off travelling. The, the lady wasn't well and now she's found herself totally dependent on her husband for all her care needs and that's happened literally, you know, that day has changed. It's overnight, wasn't it? Yeah, it's changed their life and, and both of their roles, she'd been caring for her husband and that that's how quickly that has changed um, and it can happen to any of us. And I do, yeah, sometimes, I mean, I look at my husband and think, blimey, would he look after me? And 
I don't know, and I, I don't know, I don't, it does make you think about yourself and, you, and, and things can be taken from you so quickly that sometimes I think when you're going along in your everyday life, you don't yeah. always, you know, you hope that wouldn't happen to you, but you never know, and it does, it does. You look at people and think, wow. That's episode six of Discover Bright Life. Let's continue with Sue and Jackie, who talk about how finding services just like Community Compass are more of the liking to those over 50 than the typical coffee morning. It's funny, you know, when we talk about loneliness, because, you know, I was speaking to a lady that she does come to my drop-in and she goes to so many different things. She's very, you know, she's very proactive, but uh, she... We, we found her a volunteer, um, well, through Age UK, um, we found her a, a volunteer share, um, in, in sharing time, but she said that she didn't really click with the volunteer, um, and she was saying that, you know, even though she does all these things, there's still an empty hole, she still feels lonely. So loneliness really is something that maybe, you, you know, if you lose a partner, you probably will never fill that hole. But she's very determined to try because she's she's been to to many you know lots of activities. But you know people tend to think because you are out there and you, you you're doing you're doing things that you, you still don't feel lonely. Mm. But I think when you when you go home and you're you're faced with just yourself, it's it's still there. So I think we still have to be mindful of that. Really, yeah. I think you know it's. Um, loneliness is is you know they say you can still be lonely in a crowd of course and, of course uh, and i do actually you know that is yeah that is true, isn't i mean it, people really? don't choose to be lonely don't choose to be in that no. situation and i also and think loneliness is about not being able to express yourself properly because i think if you're not if you can't be yourself then you know you you go home and you're you're another person and uh, and and you can't really you know that and that is quite isolating isn't it and, mm. and although I think isolation and loneliness they do go together but they can also be totally you know yeah, totally yeah. separate what do you think yeah, yeah I mean it's yeah I mean you can be isolated um perhaps because lack you're of living transport. in lack of transport yeah. living in the country and that yeah. kind of thing but um there's there's a lot more people who are lonely um who perhaps don't admit admit to being lonely no, but um it's, it's, it's um and it's something that a lot of us have probably experienced, even, you know, younger people at some yes, point. absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I remember yeah. being off sick after a hip operation, and even though I've got a family feeling a little bit lonely um, at times, because I yes. just felt kind of on my own, but obviously mm. I'm younger and I'm motivated and I've got people around me, but it's something that a lot of, I think it, mm. you know, well, it, it affects so many people. So what... At your at your drop in, you've you've been doing um, lots of quizzes, haven't you? And yeah, we do. We, yeah. We're doing a variety of things. We do we do some fun. You know, we do some bowling, and we've got Mersey Forest helping us to do uh, walk your for walking people. group. Yeah, um, and and yeah. that's something particularly that the health professionals are interested in as well. Yeah, because the health professionals are, are very keen that obviously older people stay active as well. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we're keen to promote, particularly through our drop-in. Well, With it being at a youth centre and community centre, there's some great facilities there. And even just having a bit of fun, doing a bit of juggling um, yeah. or hula hooping and, 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 and games of bowls and things like that. Just just getting people out of the chair wherever possible or the seated exercises that community uh, compass do on a Monday mm. at their Monday club. I mean, some weeks I nip down there on a Monday, and some some weeks there may be up to thirty people there. And you go in while they're doing their exercises. That that it's great for them, their physical, mental well-being. They're they're laughing. They're having fun, and it's just great yeah. to walk into you know places like that and see your clients. Or when I go down to the Salvation Army daycare on a Friday, and I've got so many of my clients there, mm. and to just see people laughing and smiling and and holding hands, I've got a couple of clients, Betty and Evelyn, who have become great mm. friends, um, I, and and just to just see that yeah. um, really really makes you feel good mm. in yourself. Well, I started off with um, two people coming to each of my drop-ins and um, and I thought, oh, are they going to grow? But they have done, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've, I asked, you know, I asked the people when they came, what would they like? So we had um, a lot of suggestions given. So we've, we've actually, um, we've, we've actually gone through the suggestions and made them into actual activities. So we've got 
Um, we had somebody wanted a beetle drive, so we've done a beetle drive. We've we've had speakers come in. Um, tomorrow, I've got um, one of the rangers coming from uh, Cheshire Western Chester Council, and uh, he's he's doing um, making bird feeders for the back garden because obviously he's interested in in wildlife. Um, so we've had we've had a, a seated exercise demonstration because you know we, I try to get people in from the community that run other activities so that people get a taste of what's out there so that they can come back and you know so that they can use their use their activities which is really good so we've had um you know lots of lots of different things going mm. on and you know for me it's try it's making people welcome as well and it's and really I try fair. try and yeah. if we have a quiz I try and move people around a bit so that they get to talk to to others so they're not you know I don't like clicks clicks is a thing that mm. you know puts people off coming yeah, doesn't absolutely. it so yeah. so we try to do that try and you know make make people welcome and that's that's you know mm. the that's you know helps. it is it's finding yeah finding different things for people to try I had a referral yeah. recently from the CVA in Chester um, a younger client um, who had to give up work through health health uh, for health reasons and I spent some time with this particular individual and he insisted he wanted something to do the with the outdoor um, um, yeah. and the forestry and that kind of thing and um, came up with various ideas um, but weren't what he was interested in but yeah. I managed to connect him with Mersey Forest and now actually he's doing hedge laying oh and, wow. and that, which I thought was you know really yeah. interesting and that's something yeah. that I wouldn't have thought to come up with but by connecting this client with with Mersey Forest um, yeah. because they're doing some incredible stuff lots of different interesting things that I wouldn't have thought of and actually this client is doing um, a hedge laying course now well um and That's you know amazing. it's great to see people doing some really yeah. unusual things well I had a lady like that. that came to my drop it well I, I met her through so she was she came she was referred um and she came to my drop in but she wanted to do a wing walk um and she asked me if I'd like to you know stand on the other wing but I, I declined but unfortunately she's moved away now so I don't know whether um, we, we tried to sort of look into it but um, she's she was became quite poorly and she's moved away but that's mm. <laughs> I thought how incredible you yeah, know definitely. Um, yeah definitely um, so that was really good and uh, one of the ladies that comes to my drop-in said that uh, she's going to set up a, a drinking group mm. um, I don't quite know what yeah. that entails but she I told me last week that's what she wants to do mm. and it's a uh, only only gin and whiskey allowed <laughs> apparently yeah it was funny thinking back to when when I first started and myself and and uh, my colleague Louise who it was at the time um, working in Malpas we were yeah we were quite kind of nervous about the job we really weren't wasn't sure although when I saw the the job description I knew immediately it was for me I thought this is for me mm. I know I can make a massive <laughs> difference this is what I want to be doing mm. when we started it was like oh gosh you know where do we I think it was just a little where bit overwhelming start? where yeah. do we start what are our priorities mm. um but we both started at the same time so Louise supported me in Winsford a little bit I supported Louise in in Malpas and really when I look back now it was just a matter of um getting to know the areas getting to know the people in the community mm. um all the relevant organizations and one of the questions that when i told people i was going to do this job um one of the questions that i got asked by friends family m so many times and people still ask me this question um even though i've been doing the role for a while how do you reach isolated older people you know, how do you reach isolated older people? And for me, it was kind of common sense, really. I said, well, you know, you just connect with all the different organisations in your area that will come across. I mean, yes, of course, there's all the health professionals and the community nurses and the GPs and the social workers. But then there's all the organisations like the churches, mm. like the libraries, all um, the Citizens Advice Bureau, the Salvation Army. So me, for me, it felt like common sense, but I still get asked that question time and time again. How do you reach isolated older people? Well, I think the answer is that we're and never, ever going to reach all isolated people, are we? But No, know. but I think we do a really good job. I, I feel confident that, that the people that I come across and the people that are referred into me 
are the most isolated people mm. um, and of course with that means that you are dealing going to be dealing with people with lots of complex issues um, mm. and and as as you know so we do work with people for up to six months if that's what it takes mm. to work through those issues and overcome the hurdles and the barriers to help people connect we will do I think, that i think linking with like um, the emergency services and you know yeah. people that the district nurses and people that see you know actually go into homes and see people yeah. they're the best people to to find the most isolated people so you know to to encourage them more to to refer into us is is really a quest isn't it for for us and you know I know we do have those yeah, referrals but it would be lovely if we could we could get more people on board really um and the Red Cross I mean you know we both work closely with the Red Cross and of course work with them um, once they've supported people for that six-week period yeah, um, after yeah. they've been discharged, find that a lot of clients, you know, come through the Red Cross service yeah. and the intermediate care services, which um, are provided for people and following that discharge from hospital. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of people that come through, you know, as well. The dis- the discharge team. You were talking about, you know, your your fears when you first started, how you sort of felt about the job I um I felt quite I, I was quite overwhelmed when I first started because I don't live in Chester and Chester's such a big area and a lot of the you know the areas are like little villages themselves they're little mm-hmm. communities aren't they themselves yeah, so I didn't know really where to start but having that I remember the very first do you remember your first referral I just remember that first I referral can. coming Absolutely. through from a social worker from the gateway team in in Chester um, and going out to see this lady and thinking, what am I going to say? How, what am I going to do with this lady? But, um, you know, luckily she, she, we found a, a volunteer buddy for her eventually. Um, and she's sort of gone off into the sunset and we've had a really good outcome. But you don't forget your first, do you? You don't, no, well, you I don't, don't forget any of the yeah. people that I've yeah. seen. Um, but, you know, it was, and after that, you know, slowly we had people coming through and it was about networking as well, wasn't yeah, it? And, and going out and talking to people and saying, you know, this is what we can offer. Um, and actually in Chester, there wasn't really, without having any sort of um, anything that we could refer anybody into and I had to find, you know, what was going on in all the all the little communities out there it took a while but you know it's just amazing how it's all and it's come a great up, sense on. of achievement isn't it yeah you know, and, and every yeah. area is very different and yeah. brings its own advantages and, and disadvantages and, and mm. challenges but mm. you know I think because we were the right people for the job and um, <laughs> we've got that commitment but we have and that passion yeah. and interest uh, and you know you, you know that you can make a difference and and the trust and confidence that we've we've built within um, our communities, I think, is is made is made a massive difference. Well, I think it's just you know it boils down for me to to actually really loving. You've got to be a people person, haven't you? Absolutely. You've got to yeah. you've got to really like people and be interested. I mean, I'm I'm really interested. I'm quite nosy, really. I like to know, <laughs> I like to know the you know. What, what, discover what people the essence of somebody is so it's that to me yeah. uh, you've got to like a challenge as well yeah. Um, yeah it's funny as well because when you talk to people friends and and family about the job lots of people tend to say to you I don't know whether it's the same with you Sue but lots of people say to me oh I could do that job not problem I could do that job oh yeah yeah not mm. a problem I don't think people I get the opposite outs- actually <laughs> Well, I, get, I, I couldn't do that job. I don't well, know. I get a lot of people who say, oh, it sounds a wonderful job and a great job. I'm sure I could do it. I don't think it, people quite appreciate how many it, elements and how many skills. I remember talking to Chris at one of my one-to-ones a few months mm. ago, and she was saying, you know, you do have to have so many different skills because, you know, also we're dealing with, uh, we're, doing, we're dealing with family members, you know, we're dealing with clients, mm. we're dealing with health professionals, you're dealing with people from churches, different organisations, so you have to be able to not not only communicate well uh, with 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 clients, but with so many other different people. Yeah, there's quite and a lot of strands, to, isn't there? There to is this a role. lot. There yeah. is a lot of different yeah. skills that that you need. Yeah. Um, you know, your motivational skills, mm. trying to motivate people and give people lots of empathy mm. and lots of confidence building. So there's a lot of skills I think involved. Um, mm. I think 
other than just the the obvious skills that other other people see really to to make a difference yeah i think um i think what needs to change really the culture in our society i think we need to get back to really um looking at our neighbors and seeing you know i think we live in such a transient society these days people move on i mean i remember growing up and i knew all my all my neighbours, you know, and you're always very respectful. Um, but I think we don't necessarily, we live our lives very blinkered, don't we? And, and we I do. think we don't actually, you know, look at helping people that are, are in our, our, mm. our I was talking to one of the social workers only last, last week, actually, and we were, it's great working with social workers because I can talk to them about my clients, they can talk to them about their clients, and, and we share ideas and things and... and a couple of them, I was talking about some of the outcomes um, from some of the clients that they'd referred in, and um, two of them were saying, do you know what, we're going to start, we do know there is lonely people and older people nearby to us, and they said, since you've come and started working for us and kind of inspired us, really, to think more about older people that are living in our community, one of them has started um, cooking a meal for one of um, their neighbours. Yeah. And another social worker said, yeah, I'm going to start supporting one of my mm. neighbours because he said, you've, the work that you've done has actually started to inspire us. Um, you know, into, and, and just start really start thinking about, um, you know, people who are in our community because we all lead such busy lives. It's so easy to just kind of um, forget about um, people who... You know, like you say, who who are your neighbours, um, and 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 you know. Mm. So we, I, I think, I think what we are doing, we probably don't realise it, but we are starting to inspire, mm. you know, other people that, that that we work with through kind of our passion, enthusiasm, and and through our outcomes. You've been listening to Discover Bright Life, a podcast challenging the idea of loneliness and exploring new ways of tackling social isolation for those over 50. The podcast is presented and produced by Claire Freeman and a small furry bear productions. For more information, visit brightlifecheshire.org.uk. Discover Bright Life, because sometimes the best medicine is a good laugh in friendly company.